Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What it do? What it do is the Flyers have disappointed me yet again, and they have officially been whisked away <laughs> to hockey hell. Oh, oh man. Oh, dude, I thought, I thought, I had a feeling that this was going to be a good series once they brought it to Game 7. They played... Okay. Yeah. Okay throughout, just enough to scrape by a couple of wins. But in a Game 7, I really thought that they would bring the life back. And it didn't. Yeah, it was a very uh, disappointing way to end the season, to say the least. Um, 16 shots on net. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Yeah, we'll... we'll, uh, Don't worry, we'll get to that later. We have a lot of hostility out here. There's going to be possible... Screaming in the near future, so uh, just as a noise warning yes. for you, um, <laughs> so, after the Eagles section of our podcast, yes, you will hear a lot of loud noises. Maybe, maybe, possibly some expletives, but it, it may sound like a dying animal. <laughs> uh, the Eagles. Speaking of, a lot of cuts, a lot of cuts, surprising uh, cuts, some surprising cuts. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, we know what the IR status is looking like. We know who's on the active roster now. Yep. We know we have an idea of what to expect game one unless something dramatically changes. Yep. Um, we'll get into all that. Um, and we're not going to talk Sixers this week. Nothing really happened. Uh, no point. No coach yet. Uh, no front office changes. So nothing really to say about them. And the Phillies seven get surprising. So yeah, surprisingly playing really well. Uh, the lineup continues to play really well. If they keep playing this way, you said they're what the sixth seed earlier. They're right, right now. If the playoffs started today, they would be the sixth seed. Um, you know, that definitely could change. It's a start. It's, yeah. It's a start. It's definitely a start. So hopefully the line can continue to play well and hopefully the pitching, you know, it's been up and down as of late. I mean, they won nine out of 10 and then they lost, uh, two to the Mets and then one today. So, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of opinions when it came to managing the team in general. Yeah. And like, I really do think that having a stable manager like a Joe Girardi in there may have a solid impact on them yeah. in getting that consistency back the bullpen you can't really do much about that with what you're given but if you notice the offensive production rather than be streaky has kind of been more consistent and you're seeing players like a reese hoskins or bryce harper bryce harper's having a really good year he's struggling lately yeah over the last five games but before then has been doing good um we'll get into the met series what we saw from that and uh yeah i mean do you have anything else to add with the phillies no. No. We'll get to it in a bit. And we do have to mention that support for the Bandwagon Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Okay, we already know how easy it is to nick your balls, how easy it is to cut yourself if you're shaving some of your leg. Well... I've hurt myself a lot. <laughs> I'm tired of it. And thanks to Manscaped, they've really changed my life. When I tried the lawnmower 3.0, I was so scared to put that things to that uh, special area, my package. And I didn't get hurt at all. No. Nah. It, was, it was flawless. It, it was perfect. It was a nice cut. I felt like I went to the barber shop for my balls. All I was missing was the hot rag. That's really it. 
<laughs> That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer and created the Lawnmower 3.0. They, the engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer, and you should really try it out. Uh, their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower as well. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show that lawnmower off loud and proud because this uh, intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by a USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, that's get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code PHL. Give your balls that special treatment. Do it. Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports experience. All right, let's get in the huddle to talk some week one birds, baby. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. So, there's been a lot of cuts, especially at cornerback. Can I just say this real quick? Week one is less than a week away. Oh, my God. Sunday. Sunday. I can, I can feel it. I can feel it in my loins. <laughs> What's it, uh? Oh my god, what's it from eastbound to down? I can feel it deep deep down in my, my plums. <laughs> my plums. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. <laughs> I can't not... Whenever I see that video on Twitter, I have to watch it. But getting back to cuts. Yes. Uh, Sidney Jones yeah. was cut. Is this the Eagles finally saying, okay, we've drafted bad. We've drafted <laughs> really poorly, and uh, we need to move on to something better. I mean, that's basically what Howie said. I mean, he didn't say that, but that's kind of what I got. What was Howie's direct quote? I don't remember what his direct direct quote was, but I I just, I think he said, he's like, I don't want to, well, first he said, I don't want to point out Sidney Bimes like alone, but we all know he was talking about him. Um, But yeah, I mean, Sidney Jones, uh, you know, he was injury prone, uh, didn't get many attempts with the team. Uh, when he did, he you know he was up and down. You know he started off his career kind of slowly, um, and then you know last year he kind of played decently well. Uh, had a few big big plays at the end of a couple games, but had a few um, bad give ups. You know, yeah, I mean definitely. I mean he was you know he wasn't great. Um, and the you know the Eagles. Um, I mean, and again he was injured this year uh, going into training camp. He missed a lot of training camp this year, so uh, that was kind of the final straw for the Eagles, I guess, and. Um, they're moving on. Uh, Sidney Jones, I think, recently signed with the Jack- Jacksonville's practice squad. Um, they cut Rasul Douglas as well, which was another surprising move. Uh, he just signed with Carolina. So um, they cut Sharif Miller as well. I didn't see that one coming. Who also just signed with Carolina. 
Um, yeah, a couple surprising moves, definitely. Um, but it's definitely, you know, it, it, I think it was time. I, I was most surprised by Sidney Jones. I thought maybe one more year you could have gave him. Um, just because, you know, we don't have a lot of depth right now at that position. But, um, it, you know, they felt it was time for him to go. And, um, you know, they, they they saw enough for, for them to say that that was enough for him to go. So I trust them and... Uh, you know, I uh, I hope Sidney Jones finds his footing elsewhere. Sometimes a fresh start's what you need, yeah. and you know, at this point, it, it was just a shaky career with Philly. Yep. Mm. I mean, you knew, you know, we we drafted him with an Achilles injury. You knew he was going to sit out a year. So, you know, anytime you do that, it's going to be a risk, and uh, it just didn't work out for the Eagles. So, it's a shame. Uh, you know, he's a good kid. Um, he, you know, he, he... It is what it is. It, is. it really it is, is what it is. It is what it is. I was it's a business in the end, too, yes. and you can't hold on to someone who's not going to produce. Um, now, another cut, uh, Craven LeBlanc, was cut for one day. Yeah. So, basically, here's what happened. The Eagles wanted this guy, Jason Huntley, from Detroit so to be on the roster. So, they had to make a move in order for him to be on the roster, so they cut Craven LeBlanc. Now, is this the running back from New Mexico State? Uh, yes, correct, Jason Huntley. So, th- apparently they like this kid a lot. So, uh, they want him on the roster, so he, they did that. They, they had to release someone, so they did that with Craven LeBlanc. And there was something in his deal or something where it didn't make him go to waivers. It just made him a, a free agent immediately. So, he, he so some team couldn't come in and take him, basically. So, that's why they did that. And... And then the, uh, what you're supposed to do is put guys on IR. So if you if you wanted the guy, if you want, so there's a new rule this year with COVID with COVID that if you put a guy on IR after 4 p.m. yesterday, it would only be for a, ma- uh, a minimum of three weeks. So you, after three weeks, you can take them off the IR and they're they're ready to play. So the Eagles did that, and that freed up two roster spots. So they put Quez Watkins on the IR and Will Parks on the IR. So that freed up two roster spots. So they brought back Craven LeBlanc. They probably told him when the, when they released him that we're gonna we have plans to bring you back. So that's why they did that and they brought him back. So there's still one roster spot left open, and there's still one practice squad spot left open. So um, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be at least probably two more moves made before the end of the season or the beginning of the season. Sorry. Um, so yeah, that's why that whole Craven LeBlanc situation happened the way it did. Okay, I I really thought that it was the end when it first happened. Yeah, you know? yeah, I kind of knew. I kind of had a feeling they were going to bring him back. Um, now do we have any other cuts that happen? Um, Wendell Smallwood's a Steeler. <laughs> Speaking of former Eagles, yeah. Um, who else? Um, we only kept two tight ends on the active roster. Um, obviously being Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I thought they would have kept the third, but uh, they have one of the practice squads. So um, they signed Josh McCown to the practice squad. Forty-one. He will old. live in Texas. He will live in Texas and make twelve thousand dollars a week. Uh, I think that was Schefter that tweeted that out. Yes, but that was when I read that. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's just an emergency quarterback, so I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Um, you know, with all obviously with COVID around, you never know what could happen. So and we know our injury history. Yes, so that's yeah. Philadelphia. Um, the most injured team in all the land. <laughs> right. So they have, so when the, when the rosters first came out, they only had three running backs in the roster. Now they have Huntley, which is four. So that's good. And they, they kept Elijah Holyfield, who I like on the practice squad and another guy, uh, Adrian Killens on the practice squad is another running back. So they have 
six, five total running backs, or six, yeah. Uh, receiver, a uh, couple injuries. Rager shouldn't be ready for week one. He, now, he's active, he's, a, but he's, he's only not going to play. He's not going to play week one. They're aiming for him to be ready for week two. Now, Ashan Jeffrey could play week one. We just don't know yet. And if he doesn't play, they're going to obviously aim for week two as well. So week one, we could be without Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Rager, which would leave us with four active wide receivers on the roster, being Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, John Hightower, and Greg Ward. I think, if I'm, not, if, I, if I'm not missing anybody. I don't think I am. And then uh, Jason Peters, moving back to left tackle. I, you know, the only issue I have with that is how it came out. And it was just like, when I read Jason Peters told Doug Peterson he will play left tackle, I'm like, wait a second, shouldn't that be uh, the other way around? But I don't know the inner mechanics of the team. Well, I think the way I think they they worded it that way because they the whole the whole contract situation that he would only play left tackle if he got a new contract. But I, I guess he decided. I guess Peters decided he's like, forget it. I'll just play left tackle. And I think that's a great move for the Eagles. Um, I didn't have. I'm more confident with Peters at left tackle than Matt Pryor. I'd rather have Matt Pryor play right guard. So that's probably how the line is going to play for week one. You're going to have Peters at left tackle, Ciamalo at left guard, obviously Kelsey at center, Pryor at right guard, and Lane Johnson at right tackle. So I'm, I'm fine with that offensive line. Uh, you know, it's a shame Dillard is out for the year. Obviously Brandon Brooks as well, but um, that's, still, that's still a very good offensive line in my opinion. So that's the line we'll probably go with in week one and the foreseeable future. As long as everyone stays healthy. As long as the health <laughs> the health pattern. I guess that continue. goes without saying nowadays because you know we're the Eagles and half our team gets hurt. But so speaking of injury, so Vinny Curry is he's good to go for week one. Should be good to go. Derek Barnett. Uh, both Derek Barnett and Javon Hargrave both should play as well on week one. So defensively, we're looking we're looking good. Um, you know, Darius Slay has no has had thank God no injury problems. Oh, knock on wood, bro. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yes. Um, and Avante Maddox is looking like our other outside corner right now. Um, so I, apparently he played well enough to get that job, and he's got it right now. Uh, Nicole Roby Coleman will be our slot, which is good because he's a very good player. And then, um, yeah, our defensive line should be dominant as always. Um, and uh, Jalen Mills most likely will start at strong safety with Rodney McClellan at free safety. And, I mean, they had plans for Will Parks to come in and play, but he's hurt now, so at least for three weeks. But, uh, yeah, so, and obviously Wentz is healthy. He's feeling, uh, quote, feeling great. So that's good, yeah. Uh, everything's looking looking pretty solid for week one. So I'm excited. Again, like I said, next Sunday or this Sunday coming up is week one, man, and I am absolutely pumped. So... Let's get into week one then, since we covered all the cuts, and we cut all the injuries. Mm-hmm. We cut all the injuries. We went over all the injuries. Yeah. Um, there's one more thing before we get into week one that I want to talk about. So let's say that Rager and Alshon aren't available for week one. Mm-hmm. What does our wide receiver core look like? Well, you're probably going to have, um, you're going to have, I mean, all four are going to play, probably. You're going to have Marcega Whiteside on the outside. And then you're probably going to have Deshaun Jackson on the outside as well. Mm-hmm. And then Greg, Greg Ward in the your slot. slot. And then you can you could mix in Hightower as well. Uh, I think he plays outside and inside, so you can put him whatever, wherever. Um, so, Looking uh, at Hightower, I mean, we, though. And we could call up 
a guy from the practice squad. We have a few receivers on the practice squad as well. So I'm not going to lie. I think Hightower was a steal in the draft. I think I, I like Hightower I like a lot, a lot, and I like Quez Watkins a lot as well. So I, I saw Quez Watkins speed, but when I look at John Hightower, I'm like, that is a man. Yeah. <laughs> He's I, I, huge. Yeah, from what I've heard, they both had really good camps. So I'm excited to see both of those guys, um, and hopefully they work out for us in the long term. And I, I said this before. I said this to Ryan before the uh, the podcast. Bold prediction. I think JJ might have a, might have a good year. Now, what, what, now tell them what you said. So I said good to him. Ones. I said to him at least like eight hundred yards. But I'd be happy with like because we again we have you know we have a lot of receivers so I'd be happy with like six hundred to seven hundred yards. Well, if our speedsters can stay healthy, yeah, and open him up, right. Yeah. Because he's going to be an outside guy. So, and, you know, if Jeffrey gets hurt, he's just the Jeffrey replacement. But I think, I mean, honestly, I think he could be, if not better than Jeffrey. I mean, you know, he's he's very physical, and he's he's such a good red zone threat. Well, how many targets did he have last year? Not a lot. I mean, he only had 10 catches, so <laughs> I don't know how many targets he had, but I know he had 10 catches. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, last I year think... he, he was not good, but... I mean, he, he even admitted it. He's like, I didn't play well, but... Um, I feel I, like he can't, even, get, he can't get open. He, even he looked good. I, from what I've heard, he looked good in camp as well. And again, you know, take take, take camp with a grain of salt because it's not a live game, but... Um, yeah, I mean, he they said he looked good. So, I'm, I mean, I like, I like JJ. I've liked JJ since we've got him. A lot of people are hating on him because he didn't have a great year last year, but I still like him. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can... Bring uh, bring some good things this year. Now to week one, to week one, to week one. Washington football team, the good old Washington football team, established twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be an interesting game. Should be should be a good one. What do you see standing out on the bird side? Um, what what is the thing that like? What's something we should look for, and what's something that the birds have on the red? Oh, not, no, nope, no, nope, I almost no, did no, it no, no, no. on the Washington football team. team. Um, I mean, you know, Washington's defensive line is really good. Uh, you know, they drafted Chase Young with the number two overall pick. Um, you know, they have Matt Ioannidis as a Temple kid. Um, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are a couple of Alabama kids. So their defensive line is is solid. It's really, really good. That's probably the the best part of their team. Um, so. You know, Eagles like to run the ball, you know, with Miles Sanders and, you know, Boston Scott. And the, so I expect them to, you know, run the ball early on. Uh, if it doesn't work, you know, they might try their screen game out, which worked for them so well last year during that stretch run to get to the playoffs. Um, so, and then, you know, maybe taking the top of the defense with, you know, our speedsters, which we have now. <laughs> so, and they said Deshaun Jackson is still as fast as he ever was. Um so, it's all just a matter of health at this yep, point. Yep, it is. It really is. I mean, that's that's the biggest, the biggest thing with this team. If this team can stay healthy, they could they, honestly they could beat anyone, in my opinion. And Carson Wentz is finally good. Yes, he's good. He had a healthy off season. He came back, actually looked a little, little muscle, little muscular, but I'm not gonna. Uh, but he looks good, so I'm excited. Now, what's the QB depth depth, depth chart? As of now, like? it's Wentz, Sudfeld, and Hurts. 
Uh, I don't agree with that. I think Hurt should be the backup. But I agree. I agree. I mean, he used a freaking second-round pick on him, so. But as of now, it's Wentz, Sudfeld, Hurts. Or, or, I'm sorry, Hurts. And obviously McCown is the emergency on the practice squad, so. That's the way it looks right now. All right. I think that wraps up our huddle. Yep. Go Birds. Go Birds. Now is where we have to give you. We have to give you. No, no, no. We got to give you the sound warning. I don't want to. That was the most pathetic Game 7 performance I have seen in my life. Yep, it started. I was pissed after the Sixers lost Game 7 on a goddamn lucky-ass shot from Kawhi Leonard. But that was pathetic. We talk about dead fish every single game for the Flyers. They looked like they didn't even want to be there. And, you know, after skimping by on Game 5 and Game 6 and giving up all these shots to the Islanders, and, you know, maybe you thought some life would come back to the ice. No. They played like they were dead fish. They looked tired they looked like they didn't get their old man nap in for the day and couldn't go to shop right in the morning they looked like they couldn't go to bingo that night because they were dead they look like old men out there the islanders swarmed us the entire game the islanders had our number and to top it all off we lost to a backup goalie in game seven and not just lost we got shut out we got shut out. We didn't just get shut out. We got shut down. We got pummeled. We got brutalized. We got destroyed. Every aspect of that game pointed that we didn't deserve to be there. And from watching the Flyers all year long, from the like, that hot streak they got on and just kept it going, through the round robin, the Canadians, I saw it. They didn't even know what to do. And then the Islanders, the fact that we got to Game 7... Shouldn't even have happened. Yeah. That was rather tame for the things that I want to say but can't say yeah. due to censorship. I'm glad we didn't film this episode right after the game because I would have went off. I was fuming. But I've calmed down a little bit. No. Then. No, I didn't. I did a little bit. Oh, and, and then to make it all better, the Islanders start Grice in game one against Tampa Bay. And guess what happens? He gets yanked in the first period after giving up three goals. <laughs> Pathetic. I shouldn't have started Grice, though. I don't know why they did you that. You go with the hot hand in hockey, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. I mean, yeah, that, that sums it up. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, they... I mean, the fact that they had 16 shots on goal in a game seven... Is 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 just really? I mean, pathetic is the word. They were, I, I saw a tweet. They um, were dead fish. They were. I saw a tweet. I don't. I don't know who it was, but sixteen shots was the second lowest shots on goal in a game this season, postseason and regular season. Second lowest this entire season in a game, and that's what you bring. To, a, to game, a game seven, to a game seven in a playoff series, the Islanders controlled the puck in our zone the entire game. Yeah, Elaine Vigneault, four challenges this series. Yeah, that was that was brutal. All of them went against us, <laughs> and I'm sure th- I think three out of the four of them got something. They got a power play goal. Yep. Am I mistaken? I mean, speaking of the power play. <laughs> The Flyers, the Flyers power play was atrocious. Booty butthole. 
I mean, we saw it in the round robin. It was ass. We thought they would clean it up, but they did not. It was it was it was their horrendous. power play this whole time since they came back from the COVID was absolute garbage. It, it was that I mean that was their worst part of their game. The power play was it, it was it was horrible. I need a drink. <laughs> I mean, Konechny played horribly. He didn't do anything. Voracek had a good Montreal series, but then disappeared against the Islanders. Giroux forgot how to shoot. Giroux doesn't shoot anymore. Uh, you know, he, he constantly looks to pass it. We talked with Walsh last last week about yep. this, how that's not really his style of play. Well, well, I agree with that to a certain extent, but, no, but like there are wide-open lanes right. that he has, and it's, he's just not taking it. And especially if you're the captain of a team, you have to take those shots. I mean, I know that's not his game, but if you're wide open, if you got the shoot lane, the shoot. Puck. shoot it. I mean, the more shots you have on goal, the more likely you're you're going to score. So, I mean, there was a lot of things the Flyers were were sloppy on. I mean, their 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 defense wasn't wasn't great. They couldn't get the puck out of their zone. Um, you know, we mentioned the power play already. Um, I mean, they just they they get they get too cute with the puck at times. They try to pass it way too much. You just got to take shots. Um, and the, another thing that I mentioned is that they're too slow. I mean, <laughs> you could tell even in the Montreal series they were they were the, Montreal was faster than them. And then you, you get to New York, you know, it, it was just you, you could tell they were just they were sluggish, and they're just they're too slow. I mean, you can't you can't be. You know, if you if they're if you're racing towards a puck, you have to be able to get it before you know. I don't know. They're they're just too slow. They have been too slow for years, though. So you know, I don't know how you fix that, but but like for all for that team just to look so dead. Yeah, they look dead on the inside. They I mean, actually yeah. looked like they didn't have a soul because they because they usually play slow, but they were just oh, it was. I mean, it, they were they were they were asleep. They, I mean, they fell asleep, you know, to start the game, and they they never woke up. They were dying fish. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the uh, the third period. They were literal dead fish. They didn't do anything. They gave up. Oh, and then okay, hear me out here. Why are you pulling the goalie with seven minutes left in the game? Okay, I get it. You don't really have much of a choice. Okay, that's your argument. Yeah. You can definitely score at least two, and then pull them with two or three minutes left. I think and like I know it's it like a highly it's highly improbable, yeah. but you have a way better of a chance of catching up with your goaltender in net. And I, I think the reason Elaine Vigneault did that was because I can see four minutes even. Yeah, but I mean, listen, the, the Flyers weren't getting anything. I mean, they were, it was in their zone the whole game. So I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you know, it's, it's a game seven of uh, of a series, so you know you're playing for your lives at this point. So. I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going, so pulling the pulling the goalie with seven minutes left, you know, it would just give them more time for them to, you know, kind of rally and and find their find their footing. But they never did, so um, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, you know, it wasn't too early, I guess, a little bit, but you know, they, they just weren't doing anything. <laughs> I mean, it was there was nothing happening offensively for the Flyers. You know, they it, it something had to change, so that's what he did, and obviously it didn't work out. So. It was just, yeah. It was a, it was, it was, it was a, just a, a really, really bad performance on the on on the Flyers. 
I mean, just it was it was horrible. They didn't show up. I'm so mad. I mean, and, and the fact that you know you, you're down three one, you, you claw your way back to make it to tie it up and go to game seven, and then for you to come to game seven and not even show up. I mean, what, is, what, shut, is that, what is that? Shut out. What does that say about your at you as a team? Shut out by a back up goalie, <laughs> right? I mean, listen, and I give full props to the Islanders. The Islanders are a really good team, and they're hot right now. So I don't, I don't hate the Islanders. No. I hate the fact that we came out there and played yeah. so piss poor. Right? Because the fact that we did that, I mean, we had a chance. We could have beaten this team. And you come out and play like that, you're not going to beat anyone. You're not going to beat me, you, and some other guy. <laughs> I mean, you're just. I mean, it was just. All around a very, very poor performance from the Flyers. And Scotty Loughton drops the gloves just to get something going, and that didn't do anything. <laughs> right. uh, I actually like that, though. I mean, I, I like the drop in the gloves, but... but I mean, nothing happened, so... It, yeah, they just... They didn't show up. I mean, they were... They were they, they must have been... I mean, they looked exhausted. They looked exhausted. They really did. So, I don't know. I don't know what happened, man. But... Okay. It was a bloodbath. <laughs> Now, all from negativity, and on to next season. Because I don't want to give myself high blood pressure any more than I already have. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> My doctor has told me to stop that. <laughs> I mean, after the game, you know, people were tweeting, and, you know, like, Philly has a bright future. I'm like, yeah, I agree. We do. <laughs> well, I think that everyone... came out and played like that in I think Game 7. everyone in the sports world was shocked that we even made it to Game 7. Yeah. If we won, it would have been the story of the ages. Yeah, I mean, the better team won the series. I mean, you, yeah. could, you could tell from that. From well, the in Game the 6, the Islanders had 53, 54 shots on net. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, it went to double overtime, but still, that's a lot. Um, yeah. We had 20. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just, we don't give, an, we don't, we don't get enough shots on goal. We're too slow, uh, and uh, I mean, we we were one of the best teams at faceoff percentages. That kind of fell off a little bit. I mean, we were still good, but we weren't as good. And then, yeah, we just—I mean, we're just—I I don't know. We just what has we, to change? I think. I mean, I don't know how you do this, but you have to get faster. Uh, I mean, I don't know how we're not fast. We have, but we have. I mean, most of our team are, is young, so I don't know how we're not fast, but we're not. So we're just we're too slow. So you have to get faster. Uh, I think you need another dependable goal scorer, uh, and you just need more consistency defensively. I mean, you can't you can't have it in your zone the entire game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, so you're, you're, you, I mean, you can't you can't win games like that. I've read reports of uh, possible Johnny Gaudreau talks. Um, freaking amazing. Yeah, but they want Scott Loughton, Shane Gostisbehere, and a first. I don't want to give up Loughton. I don't want to give up a first. I like Loughton a lot. I like him too. Um, now, if it was Loughton and Gostisbehere, obviously I would do that, but they want more than that. I don't know if I can give up a first. I don't know. I guess I could. If you're, if you're I, I can't give up Loughton. You can't really pry Loughton from me. I think that he brings that much value. He had five goals this, this postseason. Yeah, I mean, I like Loughton as well. I, I wouldn't give up Loughton. Uh, I want Goudreau. It's just I, I can't give up Scotty. Um, I, I would give up Scotty. Um, yeah, but yeah. You're, you're getting something very similar here in that regard. And, I mean, it, it's I, just I something think, that you have to really think about. 
and going forward, I really do think getting a new goal scorer, someone who will bring in production, is something that Chuck Fletcher has to think about in the offseason. But it really does just depend on what price because there's some some things I'm just not willing to give up. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what free agents are available this year. I mean, that could be something you can look at. Um, we're looking at, you know, obviously trade. Um, so, you know, I, again, you know, I, I think you need to get faster. I don't know how you're going to do that, but you, you just have to. I mean, this has been a problem for the Flyers. It's for, more about energy. That they don't really. Yeah. The only line that seemed energetic was the fourth line <laughs> with Nate Thompson and Pitlick out right, there. Yeah. I mean, Pitlick had, Pitlick had a good series. I, I will give him that. Uh, Travis Sanheim looked horrible looked, in Game Six. Oh Myers my looked God. good though. Um, you know, Provorov had a good series. Um, like you, said, you told me this earlier, Niskanen didn't play well. So it, it seemed like Niskanen was out there for every single goal that was scored. Yeah. Um, you know what it is? With, Niskanen just got caught a lot. He did. He, he got caught up a little too far. And that's something that we talked about with Keith, too. Yep. He just kept trying to pick and pick and yeah. pick. But it was always at the wrong time and at the wrong circumstance. It just seemed uh, a little off. Yeah. Uh, also, the Islanders just murdered us. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say I that? I mean, they were the better team. They, they were. And second, what what were the Capitals thinking in firing Barry Trotz as their coach? Uh, dude. What were they thinking? <sighs> I don't know, but the, uh, the Islanders got lucky. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they got a great... I mean, he, he's a great... He's a no, coach. we have a great coach, too. I'm we, not. I, mean, we I, I love Elaine Vigneault. Oh yeah, no. I no think question. some of his calls this time were a little iffy to me, but like I don't. Nothing that made me hate the guy, you know. Um, and again, there, there's more that goes into it. Maybe he's trying to do things to rile up the team, to change it up, to get that yeah. energy. I mean, uh, and let me just say this. The only thing I would do differently, maybe, because I don't know. I don't know how you like just get the team fired up more. I mean, if you're Elaine Vigneault, because if if you're Elaine Vigneault, I'm furious right now. I mean, to, to come out with that performance in a Game 7, I mean, that's that's horrible. So, it, you know, this is something they had to learn from. Um, you know, the top line has to pay. I mean, your top guys have to play better. I mean, they just do. I mean, you're seeing, it, you're seeing it with all these good teams now. You know, I mean, we saw it with the Islanders. I mean, Barzell played phenomenally. I mean, that Beauvier kid, freaking, however you say his Beauvillier. name. Beauvillier. He played phenomenal. I mean, uh, Barzal is so good. Anders Lee, their captain, played played phenomenal. I mean, Andy Green was a great pickup at the trade deadline for them. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you saw their top guys show up, and the Flyers didn't. I mean, it was the whole series. I mean, the whole pl- I mean, the whole playoffs. Even Kinnickney didn't do anything. The whole the whole playoffs. You know, Couturier was okay. I mean, he had a few few goals, but that's it. I mean, Drew didn't. He had one goal. Drew did. And that was on a bounce off a stick, I think. So, I mean, your, your top guys have to show up. I mean, they just do. I mean, you can't have your best line being your fourth line. You just it, it can't happen that way. I mean, you know, Kevin Hayes, he played decently well. Um, you know, he gets he too, seemed tired. He did. He he really did. Um, he had a couple of long shifts. Lawton, I mean, you love Lawton. He, I mean, he played well. Um, but your top guy, I mean, Konechny's your top goal scorer, and he didn't score a single goal this whole entire postseason. So, you know, you just have to, your top guys have to play better, and they have to show up. Well, line one was stifled the entire series yeah. for the most part. They, and they were outperformed by whoever was on the, on the ice. And it was bad. Yeah, you can just tell that the, that top line was, it wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't working, it wasn't clicking, yeah. something's got to. Something was off. 
Something has to change. Um, and you know, we do have Morgan Frost sitting in the bottom, yeah. just waiting, just waiting. And you know, like I don't, I don't mind him not playing this year. I, I really would have liked him to, to get him some valuable playoff experience. Yeah. But looking at the future. Yeah. Without me being angry and think, clouded yeah. by negativity, I think you bring him up next year. I think get, he'll get be him good. A, get him a full season in. Uh, Farabee got some got some good experience. They kind of had him. They took him out. I forget. I think in game like four or something, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. When Raffle came back, yeah, whatever that whatever game that was. But um, he got some good experience. He played all the Canadian series, and then he played the first half of the Islander series. So he got some good experience. Carter Hart. I mean, this is this is phenomenal experience for him. I mean, he beat his childhood hero, Carey Price, and then, you know, um, I don't think he played bad. I mean, I think he... No, Carter Hart was on his head the entire game. He knew exactly what was happening. Right, yeah. And the goals that he gave up A lot were... of them were not his fault. A lot, they weren't. Well, I mean, there's only so much that the kid can do, exactly. first I mean, off. The puck's in your zone the entire game. I mean, you know, you're even, bound to give up something. Even if you have a Hall of Fame goalie in there. Right. I mean, yeah. And your team just is playing terrible defense there's going to be goals that are let up you know yeah, yeah. it is what it is um there are so, so many terrific saves that he made oh phenomenal i don't blame anything on him no and you know it, it, it's just about moving forward and what to do and you know was was there a few goals on him of course but that's gonna happen with any goalie so yeah. um you know he he looked he, he looked phenomenal he really did i agree um you know so we have him we i mean we do we do we really do have a bright future um we have a lot of young guys I mean, we still have young guys coming up even, so, um, you know, this team is young, it's up and coming. And next year we have to worry about the expansion draft, so. Well, that's next next offseason. Yeah, next yeah. year, next um, year. Yeah, so we still have one more year before the expansion draft, so um, we'll talk about that as that as that looms closer, but, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to next season, man. I think it's going to be a good year for the Flyers. Um, you know, expect expect big things from this team, because they should, they should, this team should bring it. Um, you know, they, they, they are, they, they are good. They're a good team and they, uh, they should be good for a long time. So a lot to look forward to with the Flyers to shame, you know, this season, the way that it ended, but you have to look to the future in these moments. I know it's tough in the moment. Like I said, in, you know, when I, when during the game I was fuming because I, I know that I know how good this team can be and it, it was just, they, they didn't show up. So. That's where we're at. That's where we're at, yeah. Looking to the future with positivity. And, um, you know, we're the type of people that look on the past a lot. So we're probably going to do that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. not. I mean, the future is bright. So, so you got to take from this. Oh, God. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks right now. But hopefully next year it'll be a different result. I'm still angry. God, I want them to win so badly. I can just see it now. Everyone on the Flyers hoisting that Stanley Cup. Oh, God, that'd be a dream. I mean, that's the dream. That's the goal. You want to know what usually happens with the Flyers? (laughs) Oh, God, here here comes the negativity, folks. Get ready for it. (laughs) I was talking, so I was in the Poconos this weekend. And I was watching the game. Mm. Unfortunately, most of the people up there were New Yorkers. Mm. Of course, they're Islanders fans. So of they're course. all Islanders fans. So they're probably I'm, bandwagon fans. They're probably, but now they're actually good. Um, n- nobody, uh, no trash talk 
Thank God, because I would have gotten my ass kicked. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, one against like 20 yeah. probably. Um, but they were talking about how they think that even if they make it to the next round, they're just going to get swept and all this. It was like, oh, well, same. And then we ended up talking about how we both are cursed franchises no matter what. <laughs> and I yeah. actually felt, I, I think I think the fact that they were able to get it Oh yeah, it makes me it. not hate them. I mean, listen, the Islanders. This is the first time in the Eastern Conference Finals since what, nineteen ninety three? So, you know, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while for them. So, we kind of we know their pain. Um, you know, we we've been to a Stanley Cup since then, but we haven't won anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we definitely know their pain. So, as as it looks right now, the Tampa Bay's up four one. So I don't think they're going to get swept, but. I think Tampa Bay is going to win the series. I think it's going to be a good series, though. I think this game, this series, could go to seven. Uh, depending on the, how the Islanders uh, rebound from this game, as yeah. they're down four to one, right. um, will really dictate where it goes. But we'll see. They're both good teams, and they both deserve to be there. But I was really hoping it was the Flyers. Yeah, I, I, I'm moving on. I can't. I can't. I just want to say though, I'm I can't. Not, no, it's not anything with the Flyers. Dallas, they're, Dude, they're hot good right now. They beat a really good Colorado team. I I think they're going to beat. Vegas, and they, they could win the Stanley Cup because they are hot right now. When we're looking at the two best teams in the league right now, in terms of depth and just overall play, I think of Tampa Bay and I think of Vegas. Yeah. Dallas I, I is hot. Of, I think I think of Colorado, too. I think of Colorado, but the top two yeah, definitely are Tampa Bay and Vegas. Vegas. I, I think Vegas may be deeper than Tampa Bay. Vegas is oh, they're so good. But I don't know... It all depends on how Vegas plays, but yeah. I really think that Vegas will win that series okay. in the end. Um, I, I hate Dallas because they're from Dallas. One, well, yeah, <laughs> and I don't really well. Right I don't now. hate them for any other reason. It's just because they're from <laughs> Dallas. Um, yeah, I mean, and they have a backup goalie in too. So you always go with the hot hand, Chip. Always who, go who with the Dome, hot hand. Who Dome's been playing out of his mind? Yeah, but Mark Andre Fleury's riding the bench. Yeah, yeah. Robin Leonard's playing really well. Um, that's weird. It's so weird. The playoffs come around and then just back up goalies play out of their mind. I, well, I don't get it. If your starting goalie just struggles, you throw in someone else, and if they play well, you just keep riding. I know. It, it's just weird like how often it happens. I don't know. It's weird to me, but we'll see. It's, it should be an interesting, uh, you know, the, these two series, they're both going to be great series. So Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm probably still going to watch them because I have nothing else to do with my life yeah. now, at least until Sunday. It's true, yeah. Fantasy football's back. Um, football's back. And <laughs> let's walk it off with the birds, and we'll talk some happiness with football. Um, with, not with the birds, the Phillies. Phillies. <laughs> Sorry, I got football in the brain. Baseball. Phillies baseball. There we go. Let's walk it off. Talk some Phillies. Talk some Phillies. And baseball. And then after that, we'll talk some birds again, because I like to. Okay, fine. I want to. Okay. I love the birds. I love the birds. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, Phillies. What? What's going on? Uh, yeah. Uh, Phillies. I don't know. Phillies are such a weird team. They're doing good. They're playing well. The, the lineup <laughs> is playing, playing pretty well. The pl- lineup is playing really well. You know, not you know, no one's playing phenomenal other than Hoskins right now. But you know, no, no one is batting over three hundred, which is weird <laughs> on this team. But they're just they're scoring runs, so that's all that matters. They're getting on base and they're getting yeah. the runs across. Um, Gene Segura had a good game today. Yep, he had a great game. Uh, he he's been hitting really well. Hoskins has been ungodly. Um, the bullpen has still been horrendous. It, yeah, it's been it's been up and down. I mean, we won nine out of ten, which is what Harper predicted, which is weird. 
But because during that span, the bullpen was pretty good. Um, and then these last two games against New York, they weren't that good. And we just won today, but they still weren't. Today, good. the bullpen blew the lead. Yeah, they were up 6 nothing. 6 nothing. So, um, I don't know. Hopefully, the bullpen doesn't fall off another cliff. Um, but, I'm, you know, even though, you know, I, I hate contact as much as the next guy. But he did make some good moves to help the bullpen out. I will give him that. I, I still hate him, though. I want him gone. But um, he did make, you know, some necessary moves that needed to happen. So um, I love the David Phelps move. Um, you know, they, uh, they've been, you know, I, I like Brandon Workman. He's been pretty good. Heath Hembree's been pretty decent. And then we got David Hale from New York. So we made the necessary moves that needed to happen. And uh, now it's just about playing, you know, playing well down the stretch, which the Phillies can never do. So uh, we'll have to see what happens. Um, we're over halfway through the season already, which is crazy to think about. Um, so this is this is the stretch run. Uh, they have to continue to play well. The lineup is, is like we said, the lineup is con- consistently putting up runs. It's just all about the pitching. Uh, Noah didn't have a great game yesterday. Uh, he still struck out 10, which is great, but uh, he, got hit, he got hit around a little bit. Wheeler had a decent game today, and the bullpen kind of just blew it after that. So the starting pitching has been... Decent. It's just the bullpen. It's just we don't know. We we don't know what's what the what they bring. Wheeler's been okay. He's been really Bo- good. Both Noah and Wheeler have been good this year. Arietta's been up and down. I mean, he had a good good game against Atlanta. Then he had a terrible game against. Uh, it, uh, I think it was Atlanta again. And then he he kind of bounced back this past this past start for him. Spencer Howard's been okay. Um, they're kind of being cautious with him. You know, they're, he, they're not letting him go that long. Um, he has great stuff, but uh, he just needs to figure, figure some things out. And even Eflin's been pretty good. So, Well, I mean, I think with Spencer Howard, he can mature a little bit. For sure. For um, sure. This is a good season for him to kind of just get experience. For um, sure. And, and again, too, you know, it might be good for him to finally get to get some uh, major league pitches under his belt uh, with no fans around because, you know, sometimes they get the that rookies get the help. jitters. Yeah, you know? that definitely could help, so. Um, I think I think Howard will be a good player. It's just you know you give him time because um, this is this this past start would only be his what fifth or sixth start in in the MLB. So I think you just need to give him time. He like I said he has great stuff. So I think it's only a matter of time for him. So the the, the rotation I like a lot. Um, it's just they have they have to be consistent, and then obviously the bullpen is a nightmare at times. But they just have to they have some good veterans in there now. So hopefully they can. Um, be more consistent as well. So, yep. That's that's yeah. I mean, that's the story with this team. The Hoskins. The lineup is phenomenal, and the bullpen is scary. Yeah, <laughs> is that's a good word for them? Because when they when they call when Girardi gets on that phone, I'm like, oh, here we go. This it's can go one of two ways. It's unpredictable. It is. It's very unpredictable. So, all right. I mean, that's really all that we have to say about the Phillies because we don't know. Yeah, it's a short segment, but it's true. Uh, I, I, point, I just want to say this. I think the Phillies will make the playoffs this year. I don't think they're going to go anywhere, though. Um, I think next year could be could be a year where they can make a deep run, though. Yeah, but I think the fact that they're in contention for the playoffs right now is such a large leap from last year. Yeah. And, and it, I, brought, I said this earlier in our introduction to the podcast. I, I think having that stability where you know what's going to happen, like where you're going to be every day, is really helping the team yeah. kind of mesh. For sure. Uh, I think that... You're seeing the lineup early in the season was up and down. Yep. But now you're kind of starting to see them level off. Yeah. 
And as you said, like no one on the team is hitting above 300, but where are they hitting? In the two somewhere, right? Yeah, it's like two. Like the average is like, I mean, a lot of guys are hitting like 250, 260, 270, 280 even. So it's, it's in that range for most guys. Um, and I will say this too. We've had a couple injuries. Roman Quinn and Jay Bruce are both in the IL right now. That kind of hurt us a little bit. So we're, we're kind of struggling for outfield depth right now. But uh, once we get those two guys, two guys back, I think we'll be back on track. Um, but yeah, because because Quinn's been really good, um, and Jay Bruce has played really well as well. So, but having those guys in the aisle at the same time uh, kind of hurt us a little bit. I think that's another factor why we lost those two games back to back because we kind of didn't have much outfield depth. And even Bryce Harper played center field today, which is he never did for the Phillies. So, um, so hopefully those guys can come back soon, come back healthy. And uh, Harper's been—he was good for a very long stretch. He was stretch. phenomenal for the first stretch of this uh, season, he's and he's of, been struggling the past what five or six games. It's been no, nah, it's been longer than that. I mean, ever—I mean, ever since the win streak, honestly, he's—he hasn't played well. It's just been Hoskins, honestly. Hoskins has been unbelievable. Um, JT still hitting phenomenally. Gene Segura has come out, come back. Uh, he's hitting great. DD's been consistent all year, which is good. Um, even even like Andrew Knapp is hitting. I mean, I don't, I don't like Andrew Knapp. I think he's bad, like a, not a great player, but even he's hitting. So, um, yeah. So our bench is playing well, even so. Other than Kingery, who's not even. I don't think is he on the team right now. I don't even know. I you, you beats me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to to hopefully like I'm just thinking. Hopefully, it's not the same thing as the last two years where they just start off really well and then just fall off a cliff and it's only 60 games so I'm, ho- I'm hoping like they kind of take the first 60 game approach not the last 60 game approach you know what I'm saying I know what you mean because <laughs> it happened the last two years where they started off really great and they're like oh yeah this team's gonna make the playoffs and then they lose every single game <laughs> going down the stretch so they just gotta keep playing keep playing you know Keep playing consistently. Keep playing. Keep playing together as a team, and um, and just play well down the stretch, man. I mean, that's what they have to do. This is the stretch run now, and um, if they if they keep playing like this, they should they should be in. So, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Should be a good one. Now with the expanded thing as well, 16 teams make the playoffs, so we even have a better shot now. So, should be fun. Oh, yay! <laughs> But, but like all Philadelphia sports, we'll probably get disappointed again. So that's a, that. that's exactly what I was actually <laughs> going to say. You know me so well. Yeah, yeah. And now we get to talk the good stuff. Yep. Fantasy football, baby. Oh, Week one. Well, we start up on Thursday, and then we go on this. Oh man, it's Sunday. I am unbelievably excited right now. I we're am... under a week away. I love football. I love football. Yeah. I really love football. This is my plan for Sunday, by the way. I wake up at 12, go get some food, come back, put on red zone, don't move from that spot literally all day. (laughs) I don't watch football all day long. I don't have red zone, but usually here goes how my day goes, and I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. I wake up incredibly hungover. (laughs) (laughs) I make myself a quesadilla. Uh Uh-huh. I go downstairs to where I have my big television, 
and I turn on uh, the Eagles game when that's on. Yeah. Uh, if the Eagles game isn't on until later, I put on whatever game I want to watch, mm-hmm. and I just switch between the channels and see what the scores are. You gotta get Red Zone. Man. I'm not buying Red Zone. It's dude, it's worth it. I'm telling you. Why? Why? It's worth. I dude, I know. I I've seen Red Zone. There's no commercials. It's constant football. But, dude, but like I can every... I can go over to my friend's house to watch Red Zone if I want to. I, I mean, you can do that. But if you're just by yourself, it's great. You just buy yourself, grab some food. And you just chill all day. Oh, it's so it's dude, it's it's heaven. See, the, the only problem I have with Red Zone, and I've always had this one problem, is they'll enlarge the one screen if there's two people, two teams in the red zone, and they always enlarge the wrong screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, they they focus on the team that no one cares about, well, and yeah, it's I mean, like, why? I mean, why? They, they have to treat every team the same way. They can't be, you know. They have to treat all, all the teams the same way. So wait, you, you don't watch the actual Eagles game, or when that comes on, you no, just turn it off. No, no. So what I do is, I watch it, I watch the Eagles game, and then when it goes commercial, I turn over to Red Zone. And then when the Eagles are not on, I watch Red Zone by itself. Red Zone is so helpful with fantasy, though. Oh, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, no commercials. You see every single scoring play, and it's oh, it's phenomenal. I refresh, and I love Scott Hanson, by the way. I refresh my fantasy app all the time. <laughs> like my, I have an iPhone Seven. This thing is on its last legs, and I cannot wait to get a new phone. But she's treated me well. But now she dies in like three seconds. So I'll open the fantasy app, refresh it twice, and it's like your phone's at ten percent. I'm like, great, great. Yeah, I do it every every like hour. I, I check. Yeah, and if it's like a close game, I'll check every like fifteen minutes. Um, Chip and I are both in the PHL Sports Nation. Fantasy leagues? Yep. We're uh, in two different leagues. Two though. different leagues, though, so we can't crap on each other, which I was really hoping for. Yeah, yeah, Funny shame, but it's a shame you would have lost both times. Yeah, it's a shame you would have got destroyed by me. But what do you do? It's a shame that's not the truth. But yeah, that's the truth. You know, I don't know about that. I do. Anyway, <laughs> that's what it could have been like, but it's not. But it's not going to be. Oh, well, I mean, we can if if one of us starts to suck, we could just rip on each other for that. Yeah, that's true. And we're in another league together, so. And then we're both in one other league that we're not in. Right. Because three leagues is the perfect number. The perfect number. Because you need w- one league you always suck in. Yep. One league you're a, you're, you're a contender. You're yep. good. And I said the, this last week. The other league you're okay. Yep. But I think that's an agreeable point. Like, who doesn't think that? It's, yeah. One league you're horrible. Another league. So there's two leagues where you're we have a good record, but one league you'll make the playoffs and lose in the first round. And then another league. You'll make the playoffs, make it to the championship, and then lose. I think so. That that's the that's probably what's going to happen for me in the three leagues. One's going to be horrible. I'll make the playoffs in two. One of them I'll lose in the first round, and then I don't think it's possible to win all three championships. I don't think it'll ever happen unless you're unless you've got the luck <laughs> of unless you got a four leaf clover and St. Patrick praying on your soul. I will say this: if you have my dad's luck, you could do that. Yeah, I, and my dad's probably listening right now. Shout out to you, Faj. If you have his luck, you could win all three leagues. Because this man has is the luckiest man I've ever known and seen. I didn't get his luck, by the way. I I, I have the worst luck. But this man, oh, I can tell you 15 stories where he, he has had amazing luck. I'm not going to because it'll take like an hour. But he knows what I'm talking about, too. Because... Eh, probably just that lucky. He's he, dude. He gets lucky with everything. 
just the draft in general? What does he got number one pick every year? No, it's just, like nothing like like he'll get like it's like little things like he'll get a spot in the front row or something. Like he'll go to a restaurant, there'll be no parking, and there'll be a spot right in front. Well, and he'll get it. Like just little things like that. Yeah, but that that stuff's a big deal, man. That's what I'm, just, that's what I'm saying. When you're going to Wawa at dinner time and it's packed, and you see that spot open up, you're like scared. Like okay, let me say something in fancy terms. He drafted Antonio Gibson from Washington. And I'm like, dude, you didn't have to draft him. He's going to be a backup. Next, the next week they cut Adrian Peterson. Guess who's a starter? Antonio Gibson. <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, he doesn't even know they're going to be good, and then all of a sudden, the starter gets cut, and he's a starter. Like, stuff like that. I don't know. But he knows exactly what I'm talking about, so. And he's listening, too, so. One day, we'll be there, maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe as I grow older, I'll, I'll get his luck, but it hasn't happened yet, so. I still have potentially the worst luck ever. I've only won one fantasy championship in the last four years. <laughs> It won, and it was uh, it was a PHL Sports Nation League actually two years ago. I've won, I've won two in my life. I've been in, I've been I, in I the, what the last one was. I've been in the last rounds of the playoffs like each year of the past six. Oh yeah, I always make it to the championship, but I always lose. But I, I just can't. I made the championship last year in our league actually. The year before that, I made the championship and lost. Dude, my team was sick that year too. I drafted Mahomes the year he went like the year he went off like at fifty touchdowns when he won the MVP mm-hmm. in like the fifteenth round. Dude, that's lucky. It, and I had Barkley; that was his rookie year. He went off that. Dude, my team was stacked that year, and I didn't win. How do you lose? I, cause it's me, dude. If it's everyone else, <laughs> they win. Oh, and the fantasy gods did not look down on you, dude. That they day. hate me, man. They they freaking hate me, man. No. <sighs> Dude, fantasy god, just let me win one this year, man. Let me just let me have one. I need money. <laughs> are, are you praying to a false deity? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted, to, just wanted to clarify that. If that's uh, if that works, then you know what works now. On that note, I think we've reached our destination for the day. <laughs> Can't get over that. Uh, thank you for listening to the Bandwagon Podcast. Uh, go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast section under phlsportsnation.com. Look at the PHL bandwagon. Give it a click. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can really find us. Um, follow us on Twitter at phltheBandwagon. Go to Facebook also at phltheBandwagon. Uh, we post on Twitter quite frequently. Facebook, not as much, but we're still there. Uh, we have polls. Please give us a... Vote on our polls and share them. Um, and then uh, you can find me at PHL Ryan Michaels on Twitter. You can find Chip at PHL Chip Tiernan. Uh, tweet at us. You can email us at PHLTheBandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, tell us any suggestions you have or uh, whatever, really. Honestly, just general inquiries. If you hate us, let us know that, too. Yeah, I mean, you, I don't I don't want you, just hate mail the I entire time. I mean, you time. can crap on us. I don't care. I just, if you're going to crap on us, just tell us how to get better. That's what we want. No, nah, you can say we suck. Oh, don't do it. No. All right, fine. Do that. Okay, yeah, do that. Thanks. But you can tweet at me if, if I suck. That's fine. Don't do that. <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. All right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. I think we'll see you guys at the next stop.